Hello, Signal Boost listeners. I'm Zerlina Maxwell. After five years on SiriusXM Signal Boost, hosted by Jess McIntosh and me, we ended our run. We got to bring you so many guests through this podcast, and we appreciate you spending your time with us. I'm delighted that we've relaunched the show as Mornings with Zerlina. More of the news, conversations, and explorations you enjoyed on Signal Boost, of course, plus new ways to engage with you, our listeners, such as calls during the live show, 7 to 9 a.m. Eastern Time, weekdays on the Progress Channel 127. My partner in feminism, Jess, and I are still very close. We are still friends, but she is out there fighting the good fight for progressive politics and might even pop up for an interview or two on the new show. And of course, Professor Eugene Maxwell fans will be glad to know your favorite biologist and my dad will continue to be a regular guest on Friday mornings. I'll be excited to share all of his future appearances with you. I'm excited as well. And I'll be able to share my favorite mornings with Zerlina segments and interviews with you here on the podcast. Now stay tuned for the Mornings with Zerlina podcast. The vicious voices of the right are out in full force. And it's time for us to get up and organize against the heartless attacks on our civil rights. Start your morning diving into the headlines and issues that matter to our everyday lives, speaking with changemakers and hearing from you, our listeners. Hear your host, Zerlina Maxwell, break down the top news, push for solutions from officials who represent us, and call out the misinformation and hypocrisy that surrounds us, plus the engaging stories that keep you energized. Get your morning boost of politics, culture, and everything you need to start your day. It's always darkest before the dawn, but the dawn is here. Shining a light on the ruthless forces across the aisle and rising for a brighter future for all of us. This is Mornings with Zerlina. Welcome to Mornings with Zerlina. I'm Zerlina Maxwell. For the first week of the podcast, we wanted to share a bonus episode with you featuring the one and only Professor Eugene Maxwell, a.k.a. my dad. Um, You heard him on Signal Boost also. And uh, fun fact, he is the most popular podcast download that we have. Professor, dad, thank you so much for being here today. How are you? I'm well. How are you? <laughs> Excellent. I'm I'm all right. Good. You know, I think it's good when we make it to Friday, right? Yes, actually, every day that we do make it is a good day. <laughs> That's Absolutely. true. So I'm I'm gonna talk about monkeypox, but I don't want to start there. Um, but I okay. do want to promise everybody listening that I will ask you before we end today about monkeypox, so that they can okay. uh, understand what to be afraid of um, in terms of monkeypox, if anything. Um, yeah. But the first question for today is we were talking last two weeks in a row about how uh, we're we're going to be in a surge uh, soon. Are we're in it or are we in it? Oh, yeah, we're definitely in, in a surge. It, it, you know, I don't think it'll be the type where it really spikes, you know, up very rapidly. I think it'll be a gradual thing. Um, but we have a couple of things in place that we haven't had in the past, you know, such as, you know, in-home testing and uh, many people have been vaccinated. Um, So I believe the surge will be slow uh, or the trajectory will be slower than it's been. Um, But we're definitely uh, in, you know, I think the beginning stages of a of a surge, no no doubt. So what does that mean for post memorial day weekend because as you've taught us here on on the show uh after a holiday weekend there is a surge that's what i've learned yeah yeah <laughs> from you and you know what and that's a great question because exactly i mean with travel with people coming together um 
And again, just like we pointed out, um, you know, in the last couple of weeks about uh, waning vaccination, uh, just uh, just how people are probably right around that five, six, seven month uh, period of time since their last vaccination, uh, you know, uh, where they received a, a booster or uh, been vaccinated for the very first time. The immunity seems to be waning a little bit and, um, you know, cases seem to be rising even here yeah. in, in, uh, in Virginia, cases seem to be rising. So we're starting to see you know the the uh, the beginnings. I think of uh, of a surge. I don't know uh, if it will be uh, comparable to the last couple, but uh, I'm you know I'm starting to see evidence of of a surge coming. Yeah, and, and definitely feel, and definitely like after Memorial Day. Yeah, like I feel like we're we're in it. We're starting it, mm -hmm. and then Memorial Day is just coming up soon. So like I don't oh, yeah. know what it means to sort of head into the holiday weekend already mm -hmm. in a surge. I don't mm -hmm. know that we've we've done that before. Go us. Um yeah. my other question But you know what? Oh yeah you know ahead. what see real quick. Um the thing that people really have to understand too is that um if you've been infected uh with with COVID um you know and and not received a vaccine or if you think you're you have a um you know, a, a sustainable or a reliable amount of immunity once being infected with COVID, the chances of you being reinfected with COVID are, are very high. And, and, you know, just with this kind of, of, uh, of different strains that we're dealing with, with Omicron and, you know, 2.111 and all of these, uh, so you know, other numbers and stuff like, yeah, you have different variants. So, uh, unfortunately, um, the immunity that you receive naturally is not uh, nearly as sustainable or as, as high as it would be as if you received a vaccine. So I just wanted to point that out. I want to talk about the subvariants because you're really good at explaining the mutations. Like, you, I, mm -hmm. you know, I always picture the alphabet and the letters and there's an yeah. insertion or deletion um, mm -hmm. of, of the letters. Um, mm -hmm. and so when we're talking about the, the sub variant, so we're, so, okay. So Omicron mm -hmm. is a variant of the original alpha. Is that how we're supposed to think it? Yeah. And so, yeah, and then BA2 is a sub variant of Omicron. Correct. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. and where mm -hmm. the mutation is, is on the spike protein yes. where, where I think it's like called the lip bid um yeah something like that can you talk yeah. about can you talk about these so there's ba 2.1.2 and ba4 mm -hmm. and ba5 those are the three sub variants mm -hmm. that i've had in my brain all week because those are the <laughs> ones that all the scientists are freaking out about and right. the reason why is because they're they're to your point they they have demonstrated they evade natural immunity but also possibly yeah. they're not sure 100 mm -hmm. if they they can mm -hmm. evade our immunity vaccine-based immunity also and potentially right. it could further mutate into that version. But this version, BA2.1.2 <laughs> and 4 and 5, what what about this mutation makes it possible um, mm -hmm. for for it to evade natural immunity? Like if you've had Omicron, why are like why does this specific subvariant reinfect you? What what about the mutation makes that happen? Right. Well, if you want to 
how can I make it very simple? So what your uh, immunity does or what your immune system does or what the antibodies do is be able to recognize uh, the sequence, okay, that forms that spike or that, that forms that spike protein. You know, and I always go back to the alphabet. So if it's A, B, C, D, your, uh, your uh, antibodies recognize A, B, C, D, you know, so forth and so on. I'm just using that as a kind of simplistic analogy. So what this virus is able to do is it will substitute and make it A, B, R, C, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it can, it can change and, and this is kind of what I, uh, I text, but I say it's almost like this uh, virus has an, an, has an intelligence, oh, yeah. meaning it can, it can change or, or mutate, as we say, and become a different variant. So whenever you see these, uh, these um, Greek, uh, you know, uh, Greek names, Omicron or Delta or whatever, or, and then you see uh, certain numbers, 2.11 or whatever it may be, they're looking specifically at where that mutation is, all right? So then your immune system cannot uh, totally recognize that particular mutation, mm -hmm. all right? And so that is what happens when you know, you're, when we say our, it may escape our immunity or escape our natural immunity. So think about this. If someone did not have a vaccine and they got COVID, all right, your immunity would recognize whatever you've been infected with, all right, this specific thing that you've been infected with. Well, guess what? If you came in contact with something that was a little bit different, then your immunity may not recognize that. And so then you would suffer a new infection. So, you know, it's, it's, it's really, um, it, it's, a, it's a science, it, it can be complicated, it can be um, very intricate, um, but you know, just one mutation or insertion or deletion or something like that, can enable the virus to kind of um, evade your immunity. So the thing that the positive I take out of it is it doesn't seem that uh, it makes the, um, the virus any more, I, I don't want to use the word lethal, but any more infectious or any more, um, uh, you know, I, I guess the Deadly? word is this out. Yeah, but, deadly. Well, well, yeah, one no. of, but one of the questions I've had the whole time is like, why does it keep getting more contagious? Like that feel when you go to when you when you talk about um, mm -hmm. viruses having intelligence. I mean, I always mm -hmm. cite the, the doctor from Fringe who said that viruses are at the top of the food chain, but also right. in the same um, sort of monologue on viruses. He said that viruses have a unique personality and in, in, in the conversation he's talking about the rabies virus and how the person it rabies the rabies virus can't uh survive in water and so when it affects right. um it infects some uh you know a person or an animal um with rabies then it makes them afraid of it makes the animal avoid water i was like yo that's because that feels like that's on some other level that's like some right. 
that that's like a that's definitely an intelligence that's definitely personality so like part of it part of um what i i've been noticing and reading up on is the virus is getting smarter and that's why the scientists are getting more scared because it it feels like the virus is getting more contagious not less maybe it's getting a little less severe but again the virus probably wouldn't want to take you out in 10 minutes because then it wouldn't be able to spread well, you know, so the severity, there's a couple things that will uh, affect the severity of the of particular virus. And I believe that vaccines have helped, um, you know, and I and I shared some 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 reading with you. Uh, you know, there are scientists that are working on, um, you know, the nasal kind of uh, vaccine where you just uh, spray it up your nose and you have like contagion. You know, Correct. So, you know, you have that. that And and I truly believe that the scientists are going to be able to, um, uh, and doctors are going to be able to develop certain vaccines that, uh, you know, that uh, cover a a multitude of different variants uh, Mm -hmm. and not just, not just uh, say one, one particular, uh, you know, type of, of, of this uh, um, virus in particular. So, you know, the thing that is most important is that we as scientists and, and, and you know, the communities at large stay in front of, of you know, the infections that are going to be coming down uh, the pipe. So, you know, a lot of this stuff is, um, you know, is the community listening? It, or, or, are we listening as a society that, this is the type of virus that it's always going to change and we have to stay in front of it as far as development, as far as research and all of those things. And are we getting, you know, the funding for that? That's, that's extremely important that the funding is in place, that we can do the research, that then we can develop uh, whatever we need to do uh, to develop to, to stay in front of the virus. If we don't do that, we're going to see this up and down surge type surge type things going on, and that and, and uh, unfortunately, I think what's going to happen is we're going to get the type of surge that is really going to be a lot more infectious, a lot more lethal, um, you know, because we're not staying in front of the virus. Yeah, like I feel like we are the we're the actual X factor in terms of variants like we could actually stop the variant creation by getting vaccinated and boosted but we're not and also put on masks but we're not um so you you mentioned you mentioned staying ahead of the virus um Mm -hmm. so we're not um we're not we haven't been ahead of it the whole time the whole time we've been behind we've been reactive that's that's the problem we're reacting rather than being in front being proactive what would it look like if we were in front what would i mean would they would you know would vaccine and mask mandates be something that is not just on public transportation but also private private institutions and offices they would Mm -hmm. be mandated not just recommended right yeah like if we were doing this in a serious way based in science absolutely well one of the things i think is has been um you know, not, and it seems like it's not being talked about enough. Is air travel? Air travel is is the number one thing. You know, where you know you're basically travel worldwide, worldwide traveling. 
you know, where you're not wearing a mask, where, um, you know, people are able to congregate in airport settings or airplane settings. Removing the mask mandate there, I think, has been uh, detrimental and will uh it will pan out to be something that would be, will be a, a big mistake. So that one I judge think, just basically yeah. led to a whole bunch of people getting sick. Correct. I, I think, one you judge. know, that, that is that, that to me as, as will be, and it will, will turn out to be a very, very large mistake. And that's for me as a scientist scientists. The other thing that I see is we're going to see regional pockets or regional uh, surges. Um, and so, you know, there will be, you know, say, say, for instance, in the South, you know, you'll see probably, um, you know, more surges there because number one, less vaccines, uh, you know, people getting less vaccinated. And then uh, as compared to say the Northeast where you have uh, higher vaccination rates. So, you know, you're, you're gonna see regional things like that going on. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's very interesting to see it as a scientist and, and to be able to follow it and uh, things uh, of that nature. But, you know, there are a, there are a ton of great scientists and great minds out there that, uh, you know, we're going to be able to uh, develop a lot of, I think, very effective, uh, effective things to, to combat this particular virus. But, you know, again, we just can't be, re, uh, you know, reactive or reacting every time something happens. We have to be much more proactive. So my last question about COVID before I ask you about monkeypox um, uh-huh. is this other thing about Omicron, which mm-hmm. we were talking about at the time, and now all the research came out. So this is why you can't believe none of the headlines the first week of any surge, because nobody Correct. knows anything yet. No scientists are saying that. Nobody right. is saying that except for like maybe some anchors or something somewhere. Yeah. But it's not scientists saying anything at the beginning because they don't know yet. So if you hear anybody being like Omicron is less severe, it's causing less severe illness. That can't be true in the first week of the surge because nobody knows that because nobody's in the hospital yet because hospitalizations are weeks later anyway. Um, And now the research that I read this week was that, no, (laughs) turns out we were totally wrong about that. Just like we were wrong about COVID not hurting kids, that it couldn't make kids really sick. That was wrong. Mm -hmm. And so is Omicron is less severe than all the other right. variants. That is not true. That has actually Correct. turned out not to be true. So should we assume that the variants are going to make you really, really sick? Like, let's stop calling it mild disease and people talking about how they have the sniffles, like, except they don't see the internal organs scarring that was created right. by the inflammatory response from your mild infection. Like, you don't know what's happening right. on the inside of your body. So this idea that everybody's like, well, it was mild. I just had, you know, I was a little congested. Yeah, but you don't know if your heart is inflamed. You have myocarditis. I'm sorry. It's just a right. rant. I said, it, it, the <laughs> question really was about the fact that the, the Omicron was more severe. That's what we've, what the research shows us now. Right? Yeah. Well, again, you know, it, it does appear that... Um, when we say less severe, how do we know that? It could be less severe for someone who's received a vaccine or uh, and then still got infected or uh, so that someone has some kind of immunity. So then the, the infection is less severe. My, my thing is, and again, it's going to take a while uh, before we find out 
are the long haul or long term effects of COVID. Um, I think, you know, when the research is, is done and when we finally get to a, I don't want to say conclusion because it's going to be ongoing, but when we finally get to several answers, we're going to find that long term or long haul COVID effects are going to last for, for many, many years. Um, I'm saying five or 10 years out from now. And we're going to find out that it's really affected our, our, our cognitive uh, abilities and our, and our brain and our heart and our, and our liver and our kidneys. All of those vital organs are going to be affected by um, a COVID infection. So that's really what I would be looking at uh, and what I'm sure many scientists and, and doctors will be looking at. And just like you just pointed out, those that even with a mild, um, you know, sym symptomatic infection or a, or no, no symptoms uh, still can be affected by uh, many of those uh, effects of COVID uh, infection. So, you know, we are nowhere out of, out of the woods yet, nowhere uh, where we need to be uh, as far as, um, you know, <laughs> COVID-19 is concerned. It's still with us and it's still, you know, surging. So we just got to be ready. Okay, I lied. <laughs> My last question about COVID before, <laughs> before monkeypox is about the, the kidney vaccine. Um, yes. So they did, they did um, approve the booster shot um, yes. for 5 to 11. How important is that? I mean, I asked you at the very beginning, if yeah. I'm five and you're my, cause you're my dad. So like, I was like, dad, yeah. would you give me a vaccine if I was five? And he's like, absolutely. I would absolutely. run over there. So for the yeah. parents out there, how important is this booster? Like why should they make sure that they get their kid bo boosted if they're eligible? Well, there's a couple things. One, um, I think it's, I think it's uh, tremendously important. So say if you're traveling and you're going on vacation or say you're sending your, uh, your child to a camp or something oh, like gosh. that. Oh gosh, if you're sending your kid yeah. to camp, please get them <laughs> yeah. vaccinated. Do not yeah, send your unvaxxed child I, yeah. to camp. Yeah, yeah, oh, I would God. get them, I would definitely get them vaccinated because you, you know, you're going to be in a, a community setting, those types of things. And unfortunately, I think uh, you're going to see pockets of, uh, you know, where, you know, they send kids to camp and, you know, there could be two or 300 kids at a camp and you're going to see 50 to 60 or 70 people, uh, you know, young kids get COVID. The other thing that uh, you may want to consider is, okay, say I'm not sending my child to a camp. Say, you know, for the most part, they'll be home or whatever. I may, and I, and I use this as a caveat, I may wait uh, until maybe August, the, the middle part of August to get them vaccinated just before they start or, you know, boosted just before, you know, the school. The school year. Oh, I see. Yeah. Because obviously yeah. the boost, they, so the efficacy is about five to six months. Correct. And so you're sort of, again, like this is all weird. They should be telling us what to do, but they don't, they're like, yeah. we no. recommend that you do this weird yeah. suggestion, yeah. <laughs> but they're not. So, yeah. So you may want to do that. Um, you know, um, just the further out you push it, because it doesn't look like right now uh, many of those other kind of vaccines that I was describing earlier are going to be available, I would say, um, you know, anytime this year, uh, maybe 2023, but I don't see any of them being available, um, you know, during 2022 at all. So, Not unless uh, somebody passes <clears throat> some funding. Okay, two minutes left. Yeah. 
Yes. Let's talk about monkeypox. 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 Yes. Um, what is it? Why? What's happening? Well, well think, think. Should we be afraid? I, I, Are we now going to have I, a monkeypox epidemic? Yeah. Well, I, there, there's a possibility. I mean, stop monkey saying pox, that. No. no. Well, monkeypox seemed to be, uh, you know, something that it's been around. Um, you know, can affect animals and 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 humans. It's it's uh, origination as seems to be coming from Africa. So it does seem that there are some cases in Europe, UK, and and I believe it's in Massachusetts. Canada. Um, so yeah, in Canada. So it's been around. Um, the thing is, you know, uh, the initial thing seems to be like flu-like symptoms, but then you end up getting, you know, a fluid uh, filled like pox, you know, a fluid mm -hmm. filled like bone. Uh, so, you know, if you do get infected, you, you're able to, you know, you're able to see it, you know what I'm oh, saying? Oh yeah. Okay. So that's at least a little bit better. You would yeah. So you it's would, a little, yeah. So you're able you would know, like I have monkey pox as opposed to like people yeah. walking around with COVID and it's invisible Correct. and you can't see it. And Correct. also there is a vaccine for, it's a smallpox vaccine, right yeah. dad? Say it again. I'm sorry. I didn't the smallpox vaccine is the one yes. that they use for monkeypox also. So there is a Correct. vaccine available for, yeah. for monkeypox. Yeah. It, so yes. that's good it news. It does seem like it's a little effect. It does. Uh, it is effective. There are uh, basically there are two strains, though. There's there's one strain of monkeypox that is not as lethal as another. So, you know, we have to keep that in mind, too. Okay. There are two specific strains. All one right. is much more lethal than the other. All right, Dad. Well, <laughs> We Sorry shouldn't, about don't, go, don't, well, no, 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 it's okay. At least there's a vaccine already um, and you can see it. So dad, thank you so much for helping us understand right. this week in COVID. Also monkeypox. Don't be afraid of it, but it masks work for everything, everybody. So put yeah. them back on your faces. Um, <laughs> Professor, thank you as always for joining us. You're welcome. Everybody stay safe out there. It's been a great week. I've loved talking to you. Please stay safe over this weekend. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Zerlina. Check in for new episodes every weekday.